Hey Sports Tech fans, uh, Will Martin here, host of the Sports Tech Live podcast and the curator of the Sports Tech newsletter that goes out every Friday at startupdigest.com forward slash sports tech. So it's been an absolutely bumper week uh, for Sports Tech this week. Um, too many uh, news stories to cover here as the world seems to be alive and kicking with sports tech news with a lot of leagues around the world uh, kicking off again uh, for another season. So uh, we'll jump right back into all the news stories uh, coming up now. first topic this week is going to be the streaming wars um, probably every week it's going to be that and certainly has to date as it seems to be tradition to cover all things streaming wars straight off the bat uh, at the sports tech newsletter and now the sports tech live podcast so i'm going to run through the main stories uh, very briefly and then kind of do a deep dive into the the main story of the week um, so disney names former sky cmo to lead ott services in europe uh, so that's big news uh, on the back of last week's news of their Disney uh, bundle. I kind of mentioned last week that it might not make big waves over in Europe just yet, but I think this appointment of uh, former Sky CMO to lead their OTT services in Europe and in Africa is a really good sign that Disney are going to be coming strong uh, for the European and African markets. So the second story is Sky New Zealand splashes 40 million US dollars on Rugby Pass buyout. Um, so this is uh, Rugby Pass, I think it's an Irish company, or it's certainly based out of Ireland, um, that basically is the Netflix for, for rugby fans. Um, so it's an OTT service, and Sky New Zealand decided to splash out $40 million on that. So it's a $10 million cash deal, $20 million in shares in Sky New Zealand, and another $10 million based on uh, performance-related indicators. So the third story is... NBC Sports and AEG create Premier League Pub Pass streaming platform. So, with a lot of streaming um, platforms, uh, one biggest down, one of their biggest downfalls is uh, their access to pubs. Obviously, pubs around the world have kind of made a lot of money and a lot of um, brought in a lot of punters and uh, through showing of live sports. Uh, so, streaming platforms kind of have fallen down with not having this distribution model. So, Eleven Sports. Uh, in the UK and Ireland with their La Liga deals. They didn't have any um, rights uh, with pubs around UK and Ireland. So it was a major reason why they've kind of lost exclusive rights uh, for La Liga in the UK and Ireland. And again, that is kind of currently up for uh, bidding war there between a number of different providers, maybe Amazon uh, getting in there. But it's really interesting to see NBC and AAG kind of getting together to create this uh, pub pass for the streaming platform. Uh, there's another story on the, the Digest um, saying that NBC and AG is an unusual combination of a broadcaster marketing streaming content to bars and asking the question of will others follow. So very interesting piece to, to kind of see is this the future of uh, streaming deals to be done in the future of um, not just um, digital streaming but also getting access into brick and mortar pubs uh, around the country uh, to increase the distribution. Um, so the next story is Atlanta Falcons to live stream preseason games on new app. Um, so I think this is part of the future coming of uh, individual teams and individual franchises, uh, to give it the American term, of actually owning and distributing uh, their own live content. 
because uh, they've got huge relationships with their fans and been able to deliver them the content that they want ultimately the live video feeds of the games is something that i see coming um down the road and it's only kind of a matter of time in my my opinion so it's great to see even if it's only preseason games but the atlanta falcons been able to deliver this content for their fans and the final news story from uh, the streaming wars is dodgers games on youtube give fans what chatter and DirecTV won't and so there's three games that are going to be shown uh, for free on YouTube um, for the LA Dodgers um, games uh, for the end of the season. So I think they will be exclusive on YouTube. So yeah, the traditional cable uh, subscribers won't actually be able to see that. So that, that's a big kind of shift in terms of traditional models of um, content being produced and distributed through the cable networks for, for live sports. So good to see YouTube getting in the action, obviously. Um, Major League Baseball uh, is not very big in Europe um, and it's kind of on the decline in the US, but it's good to see a digital platform getting involved like this, especially one with the, the ubiquity of YouTube getting involved. And I think this might be a great way for uh, the Major League Baseball and in this particular instance, the Dodgers to get new fans on board, get people engaged and get people watching their, their games. So that's a quick rundown of the main stories uh, on the streaming wars this week. Um, so the story I'm going to go a little bit deeper on is La Liga keeping US media rights with B in sports through 2024. Um, so we've covered this story uh, in the newsletter previously. Um, so I think it's interesting that uh, La Liga have gone uh, with B in sports again. Obviously, La Liga have tried to put games on in the US with their with their deal um, with relevant sports last August to try and get uh, a game a season there for 15 years. Obviously it never came to pass last season as a lot of the, the clubs and players were against it. I think Barcelona and Girona were kind of set up to play a game last season, but it never came to pass. Um, so obviously the US is still a big market for La Liga and where they kind of want to, to kind of grow their uh, fan base. Um, so it's interesting that they've gone with B in sports. Um, one of the stories that we covered uh, earlier on this year uh, in the newsletter was uh, essentially B in's um, distribution problem. And so they've been kind of cut off from the main cable providers in the US. Um, so it's very hard for them to get the same exposure of the Premier League uh, because they're not on uh, cable, they're not on Comcast, they're not on DirecTV. Uh, so their subscription number, I think, is only uh, about 4 million, um, 4 million homes. Um, so it's very, very hard for them to get the same ubiquity as the Premier League does uh, in the US with their deal with the NBC, which is available in pretty much every home uh, in the US. Um, so the news story, it's not actually a confirmed uh, deal at the moment at the time of this recording, um, but it looks like it won't be an exclusive um, deal between B and Sports and La Liga. Uh, so what I'm kind of reading from it is, is that BN will be the main carrier, uh, but they will sub-license um, particular games on a week-to-week -week basis uh, to different uh, providers. So I'm not sure if that will be the likes of The Zone or ESPN Plus um, or different uh, TV channels over in the, the US. Um, so it's going to be difficult for them to um, kind of compete on an ongoing basis uh, if they're potentially selling some of their games uh, throughout the season. Um, but interesting that they've gone this way. Um, I think I had a piece earlier on this year just saying if 
the Liga really wants to grow in the US that they need to make uh, clever decisions in terms of who they partner with for their live TV rights in the US uh, because not being able to get into every home in the US on an ongoing basis is going to be a major problem and something that one game a season uh, in the US isn't going to solve uh, longer term. Um, so that's the main story this week in the street. So the top gambling news stories this week include uh, Major League Baseball and FanDuel strike sports betting deal. Uh, so this is another one of the main collaborations between a major sports league in the US and one of the main players in the gambling or the fantasy sports space. Um, I think it would be a big deal in terms of uh, the data that FanDuel will now be able to get access to, uh, official uh, league data directly from uh, Major League Baseball. So I think that's the way it seems to be kind of shaking out of official deals between uh, the leagues itself, uh, the teams themselves and uh, the gambling uh, partners or fantasy sports partners. Uh, so the next story is Mad Money host Jim Cramer to launch NFL fantasy subscription service. Um, so he's a huge, um, probably infamous, I'd say, um, kind of Wall Street analyst, um, tipster. Um, he had an NBC show, pretty sure it's still ongoing, called Mad Money. Um, very much a big fan of... Um, using air horns and uh, different kind of uh, samplers um, to basically bring a, a very high energy uh, show on the world of the stock markets which uh, was probably traditionally a very stuffy um, boring economic kind of driven uh, analysis uh, so he's going into the world of fantasy sports uh, with his um, under his company um, this is called the street um, so it'll be interesting to see how much this costs and what, what is the uptake um, from fancy sports players and ultimately what the subscription service will actually cost. Um, so the next story is NFL takes major gambling step with the sports radar deal. Uh, so this is actually pretty big news. Uh, could have been easily could have been the top story this week. Um, seen a lot of um, teams and leagues do official deals with sports radar for the, the data. Um, so now sports radar have uh, kind of won that. Um, Kind of gem really because NFL is is such a big sport and such a big business in the US. Um, so I think this will be uh, very beneficial for Sports Radar to be able to have access to that content uh, to create gambling games uh, as well as kind of fancy games on top of that. Um, so that's um, one of the major stories this week. Uh, the next story is Chelsea, Liverpool, and Spurs Spurs sponsor One uh, Bet suspends UK operations over probe. Um, so it's not all good news in the gambling world, uh, obviously there's been a suspension of UK operations uh, while the trade body uh, got, that governs uh, gambling in the UK is investigating, investigating allegations into breaches of gaming and advertising regulations. Uh, so that's not good news for three of the biggest clubs in the Premier League having uh, their sponsor um, so having to suspend operations. I uh, don't think it will impact uh, the money they've received in terms of sponsorship from one X bet, uh, but it might put it into jeopardy uh, that partnership or those partnerships on an ongoing basis. Um, so the next story this week is Russell Wilson's startup tally powers new real-time prediction game for LA Rams, Seahawks' big rival. Uh, so this is from Geekware. Uh, so R Russell Wilson, for those of you who don't know, is the, the quarterback um, for the Seattle Seahawks, uh, but he's been very active in the 
uh, startup world and there's a story later on in terms of the sports business world and um, so he's kind of launched this uh, company tally uh, that do real-time prediction games um, so it's uh, probably the third or fourth team that have done uh, similar kind of deals um, with uh, kind of live uh, prediction games um, so it's um, interesting that it's not his own team that have uh, done this deal, uh, but the Rams Pick'em uh, will be available uh, this year for their fans to be able to make predictions and get engaged uh, with the LA Rams games coming up this year. So the next story in gambling is gambling, Africa's new child plague. Uh, so this is from the Sunday Times uh, last week. Um, so British betting companies and football clubs are luring hundreds of thousands of African children into an illegal gambling craze that Kenya's government say is destroying lives. Uh, so again, it's not all good news with gambling. Obviously, it's uh, illegal to do it under a certain age and obviously in certain jurisdictions where it's not uh, legal. Uh, but I think this is um, kind of tackling um, the advertising that goes along with all kind of major sports and what we're going to see in the US now is going to be fascinating in terms of uh, the gambling advertising that's kind of going to come with every game that you see now so uh, for those of you in the US that might not be used to it um, it is pretty nauseating to see the amount of gambling adverts that go along with uh, watching the Premier League and um, it's kind of before during and after the game um, a lot of them now actually sponsor the broadcast so there's one last gambling advert going in for the kickoff of the action um, so it's interesting to see the Kenyan government uh, kind of taking aim at the uh, gambling companies that are targeting um, the Kenyan market um, so the next story is more the NBA is exploring move moving starting lineup announcements earlier um, so this might not traditionally be in the, the gambling uh, market um, but obviously with the, the likes of fantasy sports and now with gambling coming into the US uh, this could be a huge mover in terms of um, the betting line and people getting in their daily fantasy teams um, so it's interesting that they're going to be moving forward and the starting uh, announcements um, so that is the main stories uh, this week so the story we're going to kind of do a bit more of a deep dive on is uh, the Redskins NBC Sports gets NFL approval for first predictive gaming live TV broadcast um, so these games have been um, kind of ongoing over the last kind of week or 10 days or so uh, so the Redskins have played uh, two preseason games already and on the broadcast uh, that goes along um, with the live show uh, for Washington residents and subscribers to the NBC Sports uh, Washington. Uh, there's actually live games or live questions uh, that are kind of appearing on screen. So if you subscribe to the newsletter, you'll be able to see an example of that. Um, so here you can see, you know, it's a screenshot of the live broadcast. So it's the scrimmage between uh, the Redskins and the Bengals. And the question at the bottom is who will have the most rushing yards this half? So it gives a number of different options and then a link to NBCSportsWashington.com forward slash predict uh, to win $1,000. Um, so this for me is probably like the future of um, sports and sports gambling. Um, being able to watch the, the action and engaging then in real time uh, against everybody else who's watching. Um, so it's interesting to see this um, implementation of this being you know, a banner at the bottom uh, with the link uh, to activate the person's uh, secondary device that they're, you know, 80% of people do it, that when they're watching something on TV, 
particularly sports, uh, that eighty percent of them will have their their phone out and they're engaging. So it's been able to marry the the live stream on the TV that's coming in and to match the fan that's uh, watching that and uh, been able to um, capture some data on the fans um, and allow the fans to potentially one, one, win $1,000 uh, per quarter. And so I've actually taken um, a look at YouTube to see uh, some live streamers um, kind of casting during a game, not showing the game itself, but showing the, the questions that appear. So um, yeah, what will happen at the end of this drive? Will it be a punt? Will it be a field goal, missed field goal, or a touchdown? Um, so it's interesting to see this kind of develop, and this is just preseason games for now, but um, I don't think it'll be very long before we see this uh, across the board uh, for pretty much every team um, from a state where it's uh, legal to gamble. Um, so that's the main stories um, from the gambling news this week. Top news stories this week in the world of esports. Um, a couple of weeks ago, we saw the huge news of um, Ninja, a uh, huge Fortnite streamer, leaving Twitch to join one of their main competitors, Mixer, which is owned by Microsoft. Um, so there was a big kind of fallout from that. Obviously, um, Twitch have lost one of their, their prized assets in terms of uh, streamers, and he's transferred over to. Microsoft's Mixer for an undetermined amount of money. Um, I would suspect it's quite a large check, um, but there was a lot of blowback from that. Um, we saw Twitch kind of saying, yeah, well done, congrats, uh, sorry to see you go kind of thing. Uh, but what they did after that kind of gathered a lot of controversy. So when users went to Ninja's channel on Twitch, um, they were still uh, kind of promoting other channels. Uh, which I think is kind of fair game really. Um, it's a now a dormant account on Twitch. Uh, so obviously you've seen on the likes of YouTube, there's always going to be a recommendation engine of to keep users engaged um, with new content suggestions. Uh, but part of the problem was, is um, I think he had a link out to his new channel on Mixer, uh, which I don't think they took too kindly in terms of um, from Twitch's perspective. Um, so the main controversy really kind of came from one of the top suggestions um, on Ninja's uh, the dormant page on Twitch uh, being a porn account. So I think it was a bootleg version of some uh, pornography podcast or something like that was the top recommendation that users were, were being suggested when they went to Ninja's account after he'd left Twitch. Uh, so this has obviously created a lot of controversy there's been an apology from Twitch CEO, um, so it's not really been handled best, obviously, from Twitch's perspective. Obviously, it's a huge loss for them to lose such a prominent gamer, uh, but I think the fallout as well hasn't really been great for them. Um, so one of the next stories actually is kind of related to that in a way. Um, so it's uh, from Digiday. Uh, so once dominant Amazon gaming platform Twitch has more competition and more problems, um, so it's a very interesting long read into the esports uh, live streaming platforms. Uh, obviously, the the main story is Ninja has been uh, the first person to uh, leave the platform, uh, but there has also been uh, kind of talks and discussions of others kind of following suit um, to see if they can get big checks from. Um, the likes of Mixer and the other competitors in the space um, to sign exclusive deals with them. And uh, so it's not always all rosy for 
Twitch and Amazon. And so it's a great read there from Digiday. So the next story is ESPN postpones X Games Apex tournament broadcast after mass shootings. So obviously this is a huge tragedy in the US um, a couple of weeks ago, um, but now we're seeing the cancellation of some esports um, broadcasts as a result. Um, so there's been a big kind of backlash in terms of um, some politicians kind of blaming uh, violent video games um, for these kind of mass shootings. Um, so I don't think it's really helpful um, to, to kind of point the fingers at video games. Um, I think there's a much bigger issue. Um, so I think blame the blame at, at video games is not really the answer. But again, I, I suppose it kind of shows that we've seen huge growth in esports and esports competitions, streamers. Uh, that it's not all rosy. That there is um, some issues inside. Um, and there's uh, one of the videos this week. Um, it's from Hassan Minaj uh, from his Netflix show, kind of showing uh, some of the. The uglier sides of, of esports um, and the gaming industry in general. Um, so that's one of the videos of the week this week. Um, if you want to check that out. Uh, so the next story this week is Twitter data shows major increase in gaming engagement on platform. Uh, so there's been nearly 700 million tweets focused on gaming uh, this year. So that's a 30% increase from 2018. Um, so I guess we've we've all kind of seen it here at the newsletter, uh, just the explosion of uh, esports um, over the last kind of year. So Twitter data kind of showing uh, that up as well. Um, so the main kind of stories I want to talk about this week um, is people, companies, sports clubs um, kind of getting involved in the esports world. So uh, kind of four related stories that I kind of wanted to kind of focus on in as one. So FaZe Clan receives investment from Offset. Um, so the one of the famous rapper rapper groups in uh, the U.S. from Migos. Uh, so he's actually bought into the FaZe Clan. Um, so now they're going to be uh, kind of partners there. Um, another related story is NBA All Star Kevin, Gar Kevin Garnett uh, invests in Triumph Esports. Um, another related story is Celtic enter Call of Duty Esports Championship team. Um, and then in kind of conflicting news to that is Stan Kroenke's League of Legends franchise deal collapses. Um, so it's not all uh, positive news in terms of deals coming out of um, the esports world. Um, but I guess one of the, the biggest kind of ones really was obviously Kevin Garnett is a huge star in the NBA world. Um, but I guess the one I kind of wanted to focus on was uh, the investment from Offset into the FaZe Clan. Um, so that's um, a huge deal for me. Um, because we've kind of seen the, I guess, the coming up together of different worlds. So obviously, rap is a very different um, form of entertainment from esports, but you can see the two kind of coming together when um, Offset, better known as um, Clary uh, Kendrell, uh, being a big esports fan and gamer himself. Um, so he's commented, or it's quoted as saying in relation to the deal I love gaming and esports is the future these two facts make it only right that I'd be part of the biggest esports organization with some of the best players in the world and so I think this would be a very good mutually beneficial deal uh, between the two um, so the release dubs the rapper as phase offset and um, so this could be a tip of the cap to what might be coming down in the future that you know will he actually be playing at tournaments, will he be involved in their promotional material, uh, will he be uh, dropping new songs, uh, mentioning uh, FaZe, 
Um, so Lee Trink, the CEO of the, the CEO of the FaZe Clan, added, FaZe Clan goes beyond gaming and esports. We're leading transformation in culture and entertainment. Offset represents a new generation of cultural leaders who understands that shift. FaZe Clan is redefining what it means to be an iconic entertainment brand and working with a visionary like Offset is another step towards the future. We not only dominate in competitive gaming, we are setting new trends across content, merchandise, brand partnerships and beyond. So Offset is one of the latest in a long line of rappers who've entered esports, uh, but I think this is one of the, the bigger ones and it'd be really interesting to see uh, what comes uh, from both both camps, from FaZe and from uh, Offset in relation to this. Um, so that's the top esports news this week. So the top news stories this week for the major deals that are happening uh, in the world of sports tech. Uh, fantasy football startup Sleeper nabs VC funding to take on ESPN. Um, so this is um, a pretty big deal. I think they've raised $7 million to date. Uh, they have a very nice user interface and they're kind of more focused on the, the kind of social aspects of uh, fantasy gaming as opposed to uh, the game mechanics themselves uh, which have become very um, kind of rigid and, and kind of set so they're, they're focusing more on the social side uh, so I think that would be um, a good bet for them uh, longer term because I think the stickiness that they could potentially gain from getting groups of friends be it work colleagues, old college friends um, set into their ecosystem I think that would be a, a huge uh, benefit for them long term if they can get that stickiness and take on the likes of uh, ESPN, uh, FanDuel um, and DraftKings. Um, so the next story is behind the numbers analyzing Joseph Tai's proposal to own the Brooklyn Nets outright. Um, so he's on um, the board already, he already owns part of the, the team, uh, but he's on the verge of acquiring full control of the Nets for a staggering 2.35 billion. Uh, so that would actually be the highest dollar figure in US history of sports franchise um, sales. So I think the previous record probably went to um, the LA Clippers, um, with Steve Ballmer buying them for, for $2 billion, uh, probably about two years ago, maybe two and a half years ago at, at this stage. Um, so the value of sports franchise keeps going up and up and up. Uh, so there's a couple of um, kind of rumors associated with uh, what Joseph Tsai's uh, proposal is. Um, obviously, it's kind of been a pretty hectic uh, summer of uh, free agency in the US. So there's a couple of names mentioned uh, that they might be joining the Nets, uh, which will obviously um, be a great great boost for them because um, I think they've been kind of struggling in terms of their move to, to Brooklyn and they haven't really had that kind of breakout season yet I think last year was probably their, their best year uh, but they still haven't really kind of reached the heights I think that the, the Brooklyn Nets kind of have on as their kind of main goal so obviously with a huge cash investment that might happen um, so the next story is BlackRock becomes Authentic Brands largest shareholder with $875 million stake um, so BlackRock's new private equity fund, Long Term Private Capital, has completed its maiden investment, uh, taking up an 875 million stake in Authentic Brands Group and making it the largest investor. Uh, so that's a pretty big deal just in terms of, of cash uh, going in. Um, so the next story then is another startup. Uh, so Curve Health raises 1.5 million seed round for an AI-powered insights platform. 
Uh, so it's a health uh, tech startup. Um, I think it's based out of uh, Toronto, Canada. Um, so this is a 1.5 million uh, dollar seed round. Um, so it allows users to extract physical health and performance metrics uh, with AI. Um, so it's another one of those uh, companies that are looking to kind of blend um, AI, but also with um, some some sort of capturing image capturing device. Um, so very interesting to see. Um, and then the main news story I kind of wanted to cover this week, um, I kind of teased it out in the, the previous section with uh, in the gambling section um, about Russell Wilson, uh, but he joined a number of people who bought into the Seattle Sounders. Um, so Seattle Sounders, Russell Wilson, Kira, McElmore and McElmore join MLS side's ownership. So Super Bowl winner Russell Wilson, his Grammy Award winning singer and wife Kira and rapper McElmore have joined the ownership group of Major League Soccer side Seattle Sounders. Um, so it's great to see further investment into the MLS and Seattle Sounders have been a very big success um, in terms of uh, their when they joined the, the league they had huge uh, fan base already. Um, they share a stadium with the Seattle um, Seahawks um, so it's good to see the, the kind of crossover between the two sports uh, kind of going a step further with um, their Super Bowl winning quarterback Russell Wilson now being a part owner um, of that uh, sports team um, so Wilson is quoted as saying we want to bring the best soccer players in the world right here to Seattle and his, his wife Kira added it's an honor to join the Sounders team and have the unique opportunity to represent female ownership within major sports leagues um, so yeah it's a really good um, deal I think it brings a lot of uh, extra attention onto the Seattle Sounders um, obviously getting um, their, their quarterback uh, winner um, of the Super Bowl involved in the deal as well as um, his wife and Macklemore coming from um, the music uh, industry to you know potentially bring in new fans and to allow them to start attracting uh, different fans from um, different walks of life that might not have been a soccer fan but now they might um, have them on their on their radar and may, maybe actually attend games um, so a number of Microsoft Chiefs past and present have also joined the, the Sounders ownership um, which is headed by majority owner Adrian Hanier um, so great news for uh, MLS and the Seattle Sounders there so those were the top stories of deals this week So the top news stories this week in terms of content, DirecTV faces a revived antitrust suit over telecasts of out-of-market games. And so they previously faced a lawsuit in the past, um, which didn't kind of go anywhere, but now it seems to be uh, rearing its ugly head again. And uh, so that will be taken to a court um, from next Tuesday in the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals. Uh, so I think the argument here is that the NFL is kind of acting like a monopoly, given that they pool all the out-of-market games and sell them as a package uh, predominantly to DirecTV for a number of years. Uh, so I think the main question here is what the court case is going to hear is uh, what if NFL teams competed against each other and made their own TV deals? Um, so there is an old law that allowed for sports broadcasts to essentially act like a, a monopoly and package these games and, and sell them uh, to one individual buyer. Um, so 
Uh, don't know which way this will kind of go. Might make its way to the Supreme Court um, to see if that law might be rolled back. Um, I think individual team deals make sense for the big teams, uh, but not so much for uh, smaller teams. And coming as a European, I like the way the US kind of model works, uh, kind of keeps all teams there, thereabouts in terms of their, their uh, income and the wages they pay. It's very equal, so it's uh, no one team can kind of dominate. Um, La Liga kind of seen problems when they had um, or when they allowed teams to do their own individual deals you know Real Madrid and Barcelona got 80 to 90 percent probably of the the TV rights for Spain and it just resulted in them kind of dominating year after year after year um, whereas now over the last kind of couple of years they've uh, done deals based on the whole league and a more fair uh, redistribution of that wealth um, so it'd be interesting to see what happens at the end of this court case because uh, it could change up the the TV rights deals uh, market in the US across all sports. Um, so the next story is behind the scenes at the ACC network, uh, women are running the show. And uh, so it's first for television, first for sports television, um, the ESPN's management team for the new ACC network. Uh, it's almost entirely um, comprised of uh, female females. Um, so that's great to see for uh, the world of sports, obviously, uh, we had a hugely successful uh, Women's World Cup uh, this year. And I think there's going to be a huge push across all different sports uh, to get more uh, female participation in the sports, uh, female fans um, watching and engaging in the sporting action. Uh, but to see um, a sports network also being uh, female-led is great to see. Obviously, the analysts and the, the presenters and the hosts will predominantly be uh, female but also the people uh, behind the camera like the producers are also largely female so that's a, a good news story there for uh, the world of female sports uh, so the next story is HBO has launched a weekly hard knocks podcast hosted by Peter Schrager um, so it's a huge um, cult following uh, the hard knocks uh, TV show on HBO and so now they're going to have a companion uh, podcast uh, which seems to be the flavor of the month and not the only one who seems to be uh, launching a podcast these days um, so the next story is NBA sets earlier start times for TV doubleheaders um, so this has been kind of a, an ongoing battle uh, in the in the US um, so the NBA and its two TV partners ESPN and TNT will air fewer late night doubleheaders next season by pushing start times earlier uh, so I guess the debate really kind of comes of um, US uh, being such a large market covering uh, three different time zones and that late night um, double headers from the west coast result in uh, east coast fans having to stay up till like 1am or 2am um, to actually watch the action and um, so um, obviously it might impact then on fans attending the games uh, on the west coast that they might have to leave work early to get to the games and that they might be starting earlier um, but there still will be late night games just um, significantly uh, fewer of them uh, so the next story is um, sources say HBO is discussing with four schools about access show um, so the four teams are Alabama, Arizona State, Penn State and Washington State um, so apparently they're in talks um, about a show similar to Hard Knocks um, that provides behind the scenes access uh, to the programs um, so 
don't think it's going to be a full uh, blown season kind of coverage uh, like we've seen with the, the Netflix show Last Chance You. Um, seems to be kind of more uh, behind the scenes just for kind of a, a week a week or so um, either in pre-season or during uh, the season just to get a finger on the pulse and seeing what's happening at these huge schools um, because obviously Last Chance You has been a huge success for Netflix um, so obviously HBO looking to, to kind of get into that as well uh, with some bigger bigger schools and D1 schools there so the next story is World Surf League in Rolling, Rolling Stone content collaboration and so it'll be athletes focused content to feature the world's best surfers across print and digital um, so an interesting kind of collaboration there between uh, Rolling Stone which is primarily uh, music and entertainment uh, magazine and you know, digital platform um, with the World Surf League um, but I guess there must be some uh, interesting things for both of them in that deal since they've done it um, the top news story in terms of content this week um, is uh, Bleacher Report's uh, effort to try and replicate the House of Highlights uh, for football uh, so it's going to be called Bleacher Report Gridiron um, so obviously if you haven't heard of House of Highlights it's kind of primarily focused on the NBA and basketball in the US uh, it's been an absolutely huge, um, huge success for Bleacher Report. Um, it was originally started as an Instagram channel by uh, an individual, um, and then it was subsequently sold um, to Bleacher Report and Bleacher Report's parent company TNT uh, or Turner Sports. Um, so they're looking to um, launch one for football. Obviously, it's called Gridiron, as I mentioned previously. Uh, so we'll focus on creating content revolving around football. Um, so I think. The new shows will start rolling out during um, the start of September. Um, so it's going to be Gridiron Kickoff Week, as they're calling it. Um, so we'll premiere with uh, two all new original series Ditch the Playbook with Lefko, not sure who that is, and Untold Stories. Uh, the company is also going to be launching its first Live Sunday game series, uh, the NFL Betting Show. So again, it's kind of on that um, trend of seeing sports gambling uh, kind of going everywhere in the US right now. Um, so it's obviously football is probably the biggest sport in the US, and I think it's always been uh, the biggest or strongest uh, interest in terms of Bleacher Report users. Um, so it's great to see. Uh, what started off as kind of uh, just a new site kind of moving more and more into uh, this kind of custom content uh, video content podcast content uh, they even do cartoons for the the champions league since they've now have the, those rights uh, for uh, the champions league and um, so to give you a quote here from uh, the bleacher report there's absolutely no denying that the bleacher report user is likely a passionate football fan until now we have never had a formalized program in place to give these fans a one-stop destination for all their needs, said Howard Mittman, Bleacher Report CEO. BR Gridiron is our solution to serve our community and put muscle behind a premium content plan that will entertain and educate younger, a younger audience who's looking for something different in the way sport is covered. Um, so I guess that's probably a shot across the boat to the likes of ESPN and NBC, um, who, you know, they've always been kind of accused of being um, old, stale, and pale. Um, so it's you know the traditional old timer um, kind of analysts in the the studio. Um, so I guess Bleacher Report are probably going to take a different tack with uh, much younger faces, probably people um, from the in Instagram world or YouTube world that already have um, a kind of a following to be the face of uh, their new shows. Um, so Mitman 
says Bjorg Gridiron will be supported by a comprehensive marketing program that begins with a major crossover event, uh, Bleacher Report uh, Vegas Football Week, which combines the Bleacher Report betting and the Bleacher Report Gridiron Barns in Las Vegas the week of uh, the 19th of August. So this is this week, so we'll probably see a lot more uh, stories coming out of this uh, next week. Uh, so untold stories which follow as Bleacher Reporter, Bleacher Report writer, uh, Master Testofferson, as he meets uh, with former NFL players to share a story that fans may think they know, but have never heard from the athlete's perspective. Uh, your Fantasy Fire Drill, Beach Report's new interactive uh, fantasy football show will go live at 8.30 a.m. Pacific time every NFL Sunday to help fans set their uh, fantasy rosters before kickoff. And so from my perspective, I'd be interested to see what the interactive element of it is. Um, will it be a kind of a live phone-in show with people asking questions of who they should draft for their, for their football team? Um, but it's another way of kind of seeing the the world of fantasy sports and gambling kind of coming into this kind of broadcast model um, of content. Um, so those are the major stories this week in terms of content. The top stories this week in terms of partnerships happening in the sports tech world. I'm going to start with the rumor, but it's a pretty big rumor. Uh, so it's Raheem Sterling's $120 million Air Jordan deal would ele elevate him above Zion Williamson's earnings with the iconic shoe brand. Um, so for those of you who don't know, Raheem Sterling is a Manchester City and England striker, kind of midfielder, winger, striker. Um, so he'd be um, the first major uh, sports star from the football world to do an Air Jordan deal. And um, so we've kind of seen Air Jordan kind of move from just football into the world of football or soccer um, they did an exclusive deal with PSG for exclusive uh, rights to be their kit manufacturer so it's actually the Air Jordan brand that appears on PSG jerseys not the Nike brand um, so I think that runs for another couple of seasons in terms of it being an exclusive deal for Europe um, but it's the individual deals now that that Air Jordan brand can make with um, some of the world's uh, top football stars uh, or soccer stars uh, that could really make them um, kind of a cross-sport uh, juggernaut. Um, so the next story is uh, soccer jerseys are prime real estate for advertisers and sponsors. Uh, so this is from Axios. Um, so they kind of break down all the major Premier League teams, their sponsors, uh, where they appear, because now we don't just have the, the kit sponsor, uh, we also have sleeve sponsors. Um, I think Manchester United probably started the trend with the, the training top um, sponsors with um, DHL. Uh, so Axios kind of break down all those um, different ways to, to monetize um, the, the main jersey and the, the size of the deals that are done by each of the Premier League teams. And the next story is Game On Set Match. ATP partners with content engagement platform Game On to serve tennis fans all the action in chat. Uh, so Game On are a chatbot uh, provider. Um, so this deal with ATP media partners allows them to deliver highlights uh, inside chatbots on the likes of the Facebook Messenger platform uh, directly to the fans. So it's kind of more of a conversational uh, engagement uh, rather than just visiting a website. And so alerts can be sent out, uh, messages can be sent out um, of the top highlights or if a fan has 
selected that they like a particular player or they want updates from a particular game and that those would be able to be sent directly through to the fan uh, via their chat platforms. Um, so the next story is Gatorade likes what it sees and the lacrosse league. So Gatorade has become an official partner of the lacrosse league which started earlier on this year. The next story is the NBA and Disney deep in ties with new NBA experience. Uh, this comes from AdAge. Um, so they've been long-term uh, partners um, and now they have an open uh, fan-focused interactive venue at one of the Disney um, experiences in uh, Florida. Um, so it's an absolutely massive um, installation where fans and young and old can kind of play different games, uh, watch different content, uh, kind of do their stats. Uh, in terms of their vertical jump and how many free throws they can they can throw so very interesting to see this kind of partnership between the NBA and Disney and they've kind of taken it a step further um, so obviously we kind of saw last week with the Disney uh, Plus bundle um, and it kind of bleeds into you know will there be um, kind of real world kind of perks of having a, a Disney Plus bundle like cheaper access to this NBA experience or even indeed to uh, Disney parks around the world. Um, so I think Disney are making a, a big push into um, uh, this new future. Uh, the next story is The Zone Canada and Adidas kick off a new era of Premier League coverage with advertising partnership. Uh, so The Zone in Canada have won exclusive rights uh, for the 380 game seasons uh, of the Premier League in Canada, and Adidas are going to be one of the, the primary sponsors of that. So we'll see. Um, content coming along with each individual game uh, being presented by Adidas, their major sponsor. Um, and then the next story, uh, so the next project emerges as Vikings Complex in Egan, so Omni Hotel that opens in 2020, so it's um, interesting to see a hotel chain kind of getting in to a partnership with a sports team, so it's um, in the Vikings um, kind of complex. Um, so it'll allow for sports teams to, to visit and stay in a, a top top class um, hotel, but also allow sports fans as well to um, enjoy their trip to uh, the Minnesota Vikings. So the top news story in terms of partnerships this week um, comes from Rock Nation and the NFL. Um, so they've gone into partnership as Rock Nation to lead NFL's entertainment endeavors. So as part of the new partnership, Rock Nation will advise on the selection of the artists for NFL tentpole events, including the Super Bowl itself. So the halftime show uh, will be selected by uh, Jay-Z's um, Rock Nation, as well as a key role in the production and promotion of new music. Um, so this has created a lot of buzz uh, in the US. Um, so it's... Um, Huge deal, obviously, for the NFL. Uh, huge deal for for Rock Nation. Um, so it's um, a huge, seen as a huge boost for the NFL's efforts around social justice. Um, so obviously, Jay Z is a pretty iconic rapper, businessman, and so now he's um, gone into to to a deal with the NFL. Um, so there has been some kind of criticism of Jay-Z in terms of this with the Colin Kaepernick kind of situation uh, But Jay-Z kind of responded to that pretty well I thought um, just saying that that was the first step you know taking a knee to draw attention to the social injustices and now that this is kind of the, the next step um, to help kind of solve those problems so and I guess Jay-Z or Sean Carter as he's uh, also known as um, kind of sees this as his chance to kind of 
change things from the inside um, to inspire that change um, to make things better uh, kind of longer term um, so rock nation has shown that entertainment and enacting change are not mutually exclusive ideas instead we unify them this partnership it is an opportunity to strengthen the fabric of communities across america the nfl and rock nation share a vision of inspiring meaningful meaningful social change across our country we are thrilled to partner with rock nation and look forward to making a difference in our communities together so be fascinating to kind of watch and to see who gets the, the nod for the Super Bowl show uh, halftime show this year um, obviously there's a lot of work to be done in terms of the, the kind of social injustice um, kind of campaign that they're kind of be working on throughout this kind of the length of the, the deal um, so that's the, the major story this week and I guess it will be a developing story as the, the season kind of progresses and we see who, who does uh, perform that NFL halftime show so that's the top uh, news stories this week in terms of partnerships. So the top stories this week from the world of AR and VR. Uh, so Spark Sports taps TVNZ's AR Tech for Rugby World Cup production. Uh, so the tie-up will see New Zealand's OTT and Free-to-Air channels share in pre- and post-match output. Uh, so this will be the use of kind of AR graphics uh, to tell a more detailed story of the action for the World Cup uh, coming up in September and October uh, from uh, Japan. Uh, so the main story uh, this week from AR and VR uh, comes from Snap um, or Snapchat as they announced Spectacles 3 with an upgraded design and a second HD camera. Um, so I'm sure you're all all heard of the, the hype around the first time Spectacles came out. I remember seeing um, videos and people tweeting about queuing up in the middle of the night, uh, huge, huge lines to get the original Spectacles. Uh, but that ended up being a, a huge bust for Snap. I think they had to write down uh, a lot of money because uh, they couldn't actually sell all of the devices. Uh, so this is kind of their third attempt. Um, so it's a very high price, so it's $380 uh, for a pair of these spectacles. Uh, but they include two HD cameras. Um, so not really going to be focused on you know high school or college age students, uh, which is kind of the core uh, user base of Snapchat. So I think they're reducing um, the numbers that they're actually going to produce. And uh, so it's going to be more of a kind of an exclusive kind of feel. Um, so They've kind of had a bounce back. Um, Snapchat were in kind of dire straits after um, one of the Kim Kardashian sisters or someone tweeted anyway of how much they hated the, the new kind of Snapchat uh, layout, stories layout, I think. Um, but they've actually bounced back, so they're actually adding more, more and more um, users uh, this year. Um, so a lot of their kind of um, reason for growth recently has been around their um, AR uh, kind of lenses um, so the young and old uh, male and female lenses that people were were kind of going on there to take pictures uh, to show themselves as a man or a woman um, or as someone really old or really young um, so obviously there's going to be some uh, sort of impl implementation of this in these spectacles um, so the battery life is in, unimproved, which kind of comes as a bit of a shock really because you're so used to seeing uh, new additions kind of coming out with a better battery life. Uh, but obviously it's got a second camera, so um, that would create additional drain. Uh, so they obviously have 
improve the bat battery performance somehow, even though it hasn't really added to the length of the time uh, between charges. Um, so snaps taken with the spectacles still don't transfer automatically to your Snapchat account. Um, but definitely thought they would be able to um, to solve this issue. Um, so it's yeah, I don't think it's going to be a huge runaway hit for them. Um, but I know the. The founders are huge fans of AR um, and they're obviously taking steps in the right direction of uh, bringing AR glasses to the masses. Um, remember speaking uh, with a couple of people at the AR and VR uh, kind of conference that I was involved with here in Cork in Ireland. Um, they were convinced that Apple were getting into the game and that they probably will at some stage, um, but they haven't done so as yet. So Snap have kind of taken the um, the lead on this um but it'd be interesting to see when apple do kind of jump in because obviously that will take the, the market up another step uh, but i guess they're going to be watching from the sidelines to see um how snapchat kind of get on with this third iteration um so shame that they didn't actually manage to solve the issue been able to transfer directly from the spectacles to your snapchat account um so you have to transfer them from your phone and then only able to edit and share them um, feels you know kind of clunky uh, if you could do it directly uh, it would be a lot uh, more seamless um, so that's the top news stories from AR and VR world The top news stories this week from the world of marketing. Uh, so NFL ad market for 2019, uh, CBS expects vibrant year. Um, so the NFL season is just a couple of weeks away. Uh, so executives at CBS are saying that the sport remains strong and resilient to outside pressure, with advertisers still eager to reach the wide number of viewers that tune into live games each week. Uh, so the NFL is still the most popular sport in the US. And when you look at the top 50 or top 100 uh, events um, for live TV engagement, uh, NFL uh, kind of dominates the, those lists. Um, so obviously it's going to be another bumper year for uh, the NFL ad market. Um, but I guess my kind of bit on this is like how much of that is going to come from the, the likes of the gambling companies and the fantasy football uh, companies that are going to be looking to start tapping up um, these viewers to get them to join their gambling or fancy sports service. Um, so the next story is how women in sports are changing the game for marketers. Uh, so this is a piece from Adage. Um, so it's kind of going through the increase in participation and I guess um, kind of exposure through uh, things like the Women's World Cup um, and how these kind of sports personalities are uh, attracting interest from marketers to try and uh, use these kind of figures um, to be influencers um, for purchasing decisions. Uh, so the next story is Mets playoff push means advertisers pay double on team-owned SNY. Um, so the New York Mets are ha having a good season, it seems. Um, so now they're going to be uh, increasing um, the, the costs to advertisers uh, that want to advertise um, for the uh, kind of closing games of their regular season uh, because obviously they're on a, a good season. So a lot more people are tuning in. So uh, with that comes higher demand. Um, so the team are actually uh, kind of charging double. Um, so 
The next story is Levi's Taylor's sports marketing strategy as athletes become influencers. Um, so it kind of goes without saying that uh, athletes are amongst the biggest kind of influencers in the world if they've got a good um, kind of social media strategy. Um, so Levi's is tail tailoring its sports marketing um, to try and tap into this um, phenomenon of um, influencers and influencer marketing. Um, so that's from Mobile Marketer, which is a good read. Um, so the top news story this week in terms of marketing is place your bets, Google will finally lift its ban on fancy sports ads. Um, so Google have always kind of taken a different approach it seems to uh, gambling and not allowing gambling uh, apps in the app store uh, for a long time even if you were in a regulated market. Um, and obviously they always had a ban on the fancy sports and gambling. Um, so it's preparing to lift its long-standing ban on advertisements for sports, fantasy sports services, Adweek has learned. The change which will be rolling out in select states by the end of this month will allow media buyers to advertise across Google Ads and DV360, offering media buyers access to the booming high intent audiences across Google Search, YouTube and more. Um, so obviously Google are trying to get in on this um, kind of new gold rush um, for the world of fancy sports and for sports betting. So until now, Google was the only major digital network that refused to take advertising dollars for fantasy sports space. According to Mike Raffensperger, the CMO of sports betting brand uh, FanDuel. And uh, so it's interesting that the article calls FanDuel um, a sports betting brand and no longer just a fantasy or daily fantasy uh, sports brand. And uh, so outside of the US, the outside of the US, the Google's been no stranger to the world of sports betting. Um, so in the EU and in regulated markets, they've kind of allowed these services um, or these ads to be uh, kind of taking, taken out by uh, marketers. Um, so obviously the, the US uh, with its new kind of rules governing uh, gambling, um, you've seen uh, Google kind of take a step back in, in terms of the ban for, for fantasy sports and sports betting. Top stories this week from Best of the Rest. Um, so Auburn fans want something new, but not a new logo. So Auburn football is an institution in the US and they've had the same logo for 53 years. Uh, but Auburn revealed that they're planning on changing this to make it more symmetrical for digital. Uh, but a lot of fans have been um, very uh, negative towards this. Um, so it remains to be seen whether they do rebrand with the new logo or, or keep it the same. And so the next story is baseball's future, declining attendances and the shrinking stadiums to match. Uh, so an interesting piece here from USA Today kind of talking about the dip uh, in attendance from baseball uh, around the world. So it's probably not no longer America's pastime. Uh, but it's interesting to see that they've um, kind of responded to this by actually shrinking their stadiums and finding new ways to attract new generations of fans. Um, so having different subscription packages for fans. So ones without dedicated seats, um, ones that you can just essentially just go to the stadium bar and watch on um, the closed circuit um, TV broadcast of the game. So you can get to enjoy the atmosphere of being at a live game without a dedicated seat to go watch the live action. Uh, the next story is from Ohio State and their application to try and trademark for the word the. Um, so it's one of the most commonly used words in the English language. 
um, but Ohio State are trying to get a trademark for that for some reason, so don't think that will happen. Uh, the next story is from Andrew Jenkins and his post-NFL career in sports media. Um, so he had a short-lived NFL career, but has led to numerous digital media opportunities. So he hosted SportsCenter on Snapchat, uh, to leading new initiatives at athlete-centric digital platform Uninterrupted. Uh, so nice beats there for, from Sports Illustrated. Uh, the world is in chaos, escape rooms make sense. Uh, so we've seen the proliferation of escape rooms uh, around the world and it's an interesting piece from uh, Vox kind of s saying uh, how they can make a lot of money uh, through these kind of new innovative experiences. Um, so it's not strictly sports, but I thought it was interesting um, nonetheless. Uh, so Allbirds, Allbirds, known for its wool sneakers, is getting into the apparel business. Um, so it's very uh, much a Silicon Valley um, type clientele, kind of comfortable sneakers that are quite expensive. Uh, but now they're kind of moving into other kind of apparel. I think they're going to be launching with socks, but I can imagine that they're going to mo be moving into uh, all different types of, of clothing before long. Uh, the next story is from Barstool Sports. Um, the kind of controversial um, podcast, radio, news site uh, in the US. Um, so they've threatened to fire employees engaged in unionizing, which is against the law. Um, so the founder kind of responded to um, another kind of organization's uh, staff writers uh, unionizing. Um, so Dave Portnoy, the kind of main guy at Barstool, the, the founder, um, kind of said he'd fire people on the spot if they um, kind of thought about unionizing, which has kind of gathered a lot of um, kind of clicks and interest in the story. Uh, it's kind of Barstool's uh, mantra really to kind of be controversial and to get people heated up and to get that extra extra clicks and extra revenue. And I'm pretty sure that they've been really strong in terms of turning their kind of inside jokes because they have a huge kind of strong following. Um, and turning inside jokes into merchandise, so be it t-shirts, hats, um, jackets, you name it. So I would imagine there's probably going to be uh, a t-shirt, if not a hat, if not a jacket, uh, to kind of um, commemorate uh, this late, latest kind of outburst um, because it has kind of got the attention of politicians and a lot of uh, famous people on Twitter. And uh, so that piece is from Variety. Um, so kind of a good news story, um, so it's official, watching soccer can be good for your health. Um, so this is a study taken, undertaken by Leeds University, um, so they kind of closely followed uh, heart rates of Leeds fans uh, throughout the season, uh, kind of watching their, their heart, rate, heart rate rise and fall um, uh, during games, um, so apparently it could be good for your health. Um, so an interesting piece there from CNN covering the story. Uh, next story is from ESPN, uh, so kids aren't playing enough sports, the culprit, it's costs. Um, so youth sports uh, participation is down nationwide and they're kind of looking at the, the issues, uh, so cost, time and travel and what needs to be done to kind of fix this, because uh, obviously these are the, the next potential sports stars, uh, but it's also hugely beneficial to the development of children in terms of um, teamwork and drive and determination, uh, but also the health benefits. Um, so obviously having cost being a prohibitor to this is kind of disappointing in this kind of modern world where it's uh, super expensive now to send kids to play football or play soccer or play baseball. Um, it's no longer just 
going down to the local field and you know just playing and there's a lot of costs that kind of come with it so ESPN do a, a good kind of breakdown of that and then another story um, the top 10 in tech so London's most valuable uh, sports startups and so it kind of gives a, a top 10 and their estimated value and uh, so a number of different um, media companies hardware companies blockchain companies um, kind of giving a rundown of the, the top 10. Two videos of the week this week. Uh, so the first one is from Don White, CEO of Satisfy Labs. Uh, they're another chatbot company uh, that have good, good deals in the, the sports world um, and kind of goes into what it is they, they do now and where it's kind of moving forward. So uh, kind of moving from providing information to sports fans of where to go get a certain beer or a certain type of hot dog uh, kind of moving more and more towards uh, being able to provide uh, merchandise, tickets, and commerce aspects. Um, so it's becoming more and more of a sales channel rather than a, a customer service channel. Uh, so very interesting short piece um, from Front Office Sports. And the second video we have this week is from Hassan Minaj um, and his Netflix show Patriot Act. Um, so it's on the dark side of the video game industry. Um, so it's Really interesting, thought-provoking. Uh, obviously, we've seen esports being portrayed in a very positive light, with a, a lot of money kind of coming in. New records being set in terms of live streams, uh, new world records set in terms of um, uh, prize money pools. Uh, but this kind of gives uh, insight into the darker side uh, and into the kind of discrimination and the hard-working practices of the video game industries from the video game designers' point of view. Um, so two videos of the week this week and um, so take a look at those and enjoy them <laughs> 